us off for the last time. Last time, season two. Hey guys, it's Michelle. And Hallie, this is golf. Mostly. Woo! All right. You guys, we have had so many fabulous guests uh, for season two. It's been really incredible. So we thought, you know what? Better way to do a season finale than have just us. Yeah, (laughs) we're the guests, (laughs) but we had you guys write in a bunch of questions. We did a little AMA on social. So we're going to use those as our, uh, our kicking off points and, and answer some of your questions that you guys wrote in. You need a well-rounded game to succeed in golf. And the same goes for your finances. That's why we love SoFi, the all-in-one app that lets you bank, borrow, and invest. Download the SoFi app today to ace your finances. SoFi, get your money right. Banking products and loans offered by SoFi Bank NA, NMLS 696891. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. Michelle, let's start with this one. What do you love and hate most about golf? Maybe we both do what we love first and then we can circle back to What do I love most about golf? (laughs) Love most about golf. I think the fact that you can meet so many people out there and it's such a beautiful game, um, mm-hmm. truly. I think it's just so fun to go out there and, you know, practice and, you know, it can be frustrating to never feel like you can be perfect, but I think that's also the beautiful part of it is that you can never be perfect or perfect the game and you're always kind of searching, finding, you know, there's always something you can learn about the game. So that's what I yeah. love about it. That's a good answer. I'd say what I love about golf, and I don't know if if other people have similar experiences, but I think that it you can really get to know yourself very well, and it sort of exposes uh, maybe different areas that you need to work on. Or, you know, for me, I, I think I've probably said this before, but when I get n- nervous on camera, my, I've noticed that my tendencies and the way that my body feels is the same way when I would get nervous on a golf course. So being able to use similar techniques, whether it be breathing or self-talk, et cetera, I, I've always just thought that was so cool that, you know, you always hear obviously in programs like the first T teaching kids patience and, and yeah, positive self-talk and all that kind of thing. So I just think that it's such a, it's such a parallel to life. I mean, I always go overboard on my golf analogies anyways. <laughs> But it really is like you can really you can make so many parallels to, to life and golf. And I think that's that's pretty cool. What do you hate about golf? You know, I've always said I feel like golf is like an abusive boyfriend. Okay. Um, I feel like beat you up. Mm-hmm. Like give you like a flower, like on the last hole, to, you know, you hit a perfect drive or a birdie <laughs> on the last hole. And it's like, oh, it's going to be better tomorrow. Oh. It's going to be better. And then bam, the next Again. day comes. Um, it's <laughs> a really good analogy. Anyone listening that's in an abusive relationship, please. Yes, please. Break up break with up. It, him. Break up with Yeah, it. but um, not, but golf. But no, no that's, a, that, that, that is sometimes how it feels for sure. Yeah, no, I just, I feel like they tease you sometimes. You know, when I was, you know, struggling with golf, I felt like that was always a thing, right? The thing that got me coming back is that there'd be one shot at the end or one redeeming quality about mm-hmm. myself that I would just be like, I can do a skin tomorrow. Yeah. But that's just, I think that's also like the fun part about the game too, right? Like I yeah. said before, you can't perfect the game so you're always searching and whatnot but yeah I mean I think the game is frustrating as hell yeah I was gonna say I don't know if there's anything that I like 
hate about golf in terms of like, I mean, there are things maybe about it culturally and those kind of things, but in terms of the actual game and like my personal relationship with it, I would say one of the most frustrating things is that when I played my best, it was when I didn't give a fuck. (laughs) And like, I was always just like, why is it that when I work so hard and care so much, I don't play well? And, you know, and I'd always thought that that was like so, so frustrating. And, you know, I never really figured it quite out. I got to a point where I, where I like was like, okay, I can play, play well, play pretty well. But it was just really hard to like draw, you know, I'm going to put my, my life, blood, sweat and tears into this sport. And then you go out and shoot like 78 and you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like I just worked so hard that that work does not equate to that score. Yeah. And I always just thought it, it sometimes, sometimes working harder doesn't mean playing better all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just feel like it's just, it's a frustrating game. I feel like you, when you want to play well, you can't want it that much. Yeah. You yeah. kind of have to like be cool. Yeah. Like, like was it Joseph Parent might have been it was a sports psychologist that said, or maybe Rotella, you have to care enough not to care. And I was like, oh man, yeah. that's really, that's so I think so golf true. is one of those sports where a lot of time, like you have to play off of instinct, but it's mm. so easy to forget about instinct because like mm. tennis, baseball, like you're reacting to stuff, right? And mm. you're using your instinct a lot of the times to make really fast decisions in golf. Like you you can take all the time in the world. Mm. You have like probably 15 minutes before you get to your next shot and you're thinking about it and you have 30 seconds. So a lot of times when you're wanting it so much, you're just not reacting to the situation. You're not having the instinct and you're kind of being too logical about things where you have to just be an athlete. Right. (laughs) I remember there was a time, I mean, my tendency shocker was to overthink and spend like, you only get 40 seconds before you you hit the shot. Right. And my high school coach was very kind and and described me as very deliberate, but I was just really, really slow because I was super slow. And my college coach in qualifying said every single time that I would, that I would take over 40 seconds, she was going to give me a shot penalty. And it worked because I was so afraid. <laughs> so I was like, go, go, go. And I played so much better that way. <laughs> um, so that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, I think I, I hate slow players. Yeah, just play. I, now I don't even really take practice swings. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, next question. What skill would you love to have? What skill would I love to have? I wish I could... I don't know. You start first. Me, sir. Okay. I wish that I could sing. I wish I could sing. Mm, I and wish I could sing. I've too. told you before when we were talking offline that uh, a couple people, I don't know, it's just really ramped up recently in terms of frequency. People keep telling me I sound like Miley Cyrus, and I keep my automatic response is, well, I may sound like her when I talk, but not when I sing. And as I say that, though, it kind of hurts my heart because I really do wish I could okay, sing. Okay, let's, let's hear it. Pardon I, the essay. No, well, no, let me just tell you. Did I tell you how I told you how I, how I found out I couldn't sing, though, right? The climb. Yeah. I was in the car. And, you know, also sometimes when you hit the note at the same time as the artist, you're kind of like, ah, and you're like in that perfect harmony. And you're like, I did it. <laughs> in the car and I was like oh my god I think I could do this so I was like I need to know for sure so I recorded myself was it the climb oh my god no it wasn't the climb it was 
usher without you. <laughs> I don't care if you're not here, I'm paralyzed. Well, maybe your you. mistake was you weren't singing a Miley Cyrus song. Yeah, you recorded. But yourself. even it's the client. Like I don't think it's. I Let's think. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Mm. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> we cannot end a season without singing. <clears throat> oh, me, 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 mo, 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 mo. Okay, but I will say, so I gave that Usher song my all. <clears throat> oh, see that dream I'm dreaming. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go. Uh, <laughs> oh, she sounds a lot like younger. Really young. Yeah. Here. Okay, we'll do, you know what? We'll do the we'll do the the um maybe Jolene. No, we'll, Jolene. Two flowers. Jolene, Jolene. Yeah, they can do that. Dolly Parton cover. Oh, flowers is good. I can buy myself flowers. Sand. Talk to myself for <laughs> I can stand. I can take myself dancing. <laughs> Hold my own hand. Oh, I can love me better. I got the moves, though, that's for sure. You, I can love me better. I can love me better, baby. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. I found out I couldn't sing like Miley Cyrus. People say I talk like Miley Cyrus. And I was watching American Idol the other night, and I'm just like, oh, how cool would it be to just be like, yeah, I'm going to sing a song right now and it's going to you're going to love it. <laughs> I just think it'd be really cool. Anyways, um, I would love <laughs> this is sounding really nerdy. I would love to um learn how to use Excel properly. Wow, that's actually really smart and way more useful than just learning how to sing. No. I should I should have picked that. I mean, my dad, he's a stats professor and the way that he uses Excel, I'm just like what like it puts in like an algorithm and it just like does everything for him i get it i got excited because i was like i merged a couple of cells the other day i was like mm, no big deal <laughs> yeah billy's very good at, at yeah. excel it's yeah that's a very handy skill yeah very okay that's a great answer uh very practical answer nerdy answer. i'm like what skill would you love to have doing taxes <laughs> gosh how would that be right yeah yeah just i just send everything in yeah yeah turbo tax cpas okay let's go here who do you want to get on the podcast that you haven't had yet larry david oh yeah larry david for sure larry david we are ready and willing whenever you're ready whenever you're ready yeah okay favorite pair of non-golf nikes that you own i mean I love anything Chanel. Okay. I think they meant favorite like golf shoe. Like favorite Nike shoe that's not a golf shoe. Oh, I thought you were talking about non-Nike shoes. I I also misread that. But yes. Well, let's answer that question first. Okay. Chanel shoes, you say? Chanel shoes. Valentino shoes. I really like my Prada shoes. What are you wearing today? Little Moschino. Moschino booties. Yeah, she's my got some boots. bougie. Oh, some bougie rain boots on. Yeah, I got these on sale though. Oh, I'm a big sale whore. Okay, that's like, good. Huge sale. I um, do a lot of shopping on 
off sacks actually okay noted have you shopped there before? uh i bought a few things off off sacks oh my god if you like i love going digging in sales pals sales racks online sales and mm-hmm. i'll just like hours and i'll find like a i love finding treasures okay like these shoes were original price like 700 dollars, and mm-hmm. i got them for 250 Wow, I, like, that's a made good deal. money on this purchase. You made, sure. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I love that. Okay, yeah. so okay, so any designer boots Michelle likes a lot. You have those cool Louis Vuitton ones. Those are those are yeah, really fun too. Like too. Um, all right, so Nike sneakers, like Nike shoes that aren't yeah aren't golf. I'm Dunks. I mean, you're low dunks. dunks all the way. Okay, cool. See, I like low Dunks. I don't know. I have just really big feet. As we know, and I've come to actually, that's the next question. Are we insecure about anything? And um, I'm insecure about my big feet. I don't even notice them, to be honest. They're not that big. Well, you know what? You say that, and then Nellie Corda commented on my picture a couple months ago and just wrote, Wow, big feet or something. And I was like, Wow, Nellie, thanks a lot. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, you know, that kind of thing sticks with you. Um, Does but she have big feet too? Yeah, probably. Probably not as big as me. However, listen, I will also say I have the legs of someone that's 6'3 and a torso length of someone that's 5'3. So I also got the feet of someone that's 6'3. That's that's how I I think it's just science. Like I'd fall over if I didn't have big I feet. Mean, I have abnormally small feet for my height and I fall I feel like I fall over you, all the yeah, time. Yeah, you so. teeter back and forth. Yeah. See? Yeah. So, but I'd say I really do like Air Max. I love like a nice white pair of Air Max and then recently oh, they make your feet look small. Yes, exactly. Um blazers, I really enjoy like a good blazer. And in terms of non-Nike shoes, I do love a good pair of Gucci loafs, Ooh. as well as a, a Stuart Weitzman uh, boot. Ooh, those are comfortable, like an too. over-the-knee boot. Yeah, um, it's very, it's very chic. Yeah, I don't um, wear heels anymore. Do you wear heels? Your, your heels are still at my house, by the way. Oh yeah, they are. I was. Yeah. You keep asking to. Keep, <laughs> I keep forgetting. I keep for, forgetting to ask you. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get them eventually when I come over for spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that was the next question. Are you guys insecure about anything? I'll just start off with going back to I'm secure about my big feet. I also have very big hands. Yes. Oh, wow. See, I have tiny hands. Tiny, tiny hands and tiny feet. <laughs> I think I have, like, small teeth, too, is what my dentist said. You have small teeth? I have really big teeth. <laughs> I have a small mouth, though. <laughs> Maybe not do that in front of the mic. Wait. So, yeah. So, I think just my larger... <laughs> My large appendages <laughs> is what I'm a little self-conscious about. And also, I've started getting gray hair. And that's not something that I, I, I can't control that. I can't control the size of my feet or my hands or my hair it wants to turn gray. It just does. Yeah. So I'd say that's something that I may be like insecure about. But are you insecure about um, anything? Your small I, teeth? We did this. I don't know if you were there with me when we did this. I feel like we asked someone this in our um, in season one. Okay, your least favorite thing about yourself, but I want you to also say your favorite thing oh. about yourself. So these are things that you're insecure about. Yeah. What's your favorite part about yourself? Oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, and we're talking about like physical, I guess, you know, physical attributes here. So I'll say I, I like, I have very long legs, so I think yeah. they look good in jeans and golf skirts, and I like my eyeballs. Your eyeballs are very pretty. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Blue. Yes, right? they're blue. blue. Yeah. Blue. What about you? What am I insecure about? I'm insecure about the fact that I just just look like a long stick. 
<laughs> but you're a very pretty long stick. I feel like I'm just you're like, a very. If I go sideways, I just kind of disappear a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like growing up, you know, your eyes looking different from mm. everyone else, and I feel like I have one eyelid that's like droopier than the other. I've never noticed like that. Smile. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just like growing up and just, you know, saying mainstream media and everyone having eyes that look like yours. And then I have eyes that look like mine. And I feel like I don't really have like Asian looking eyes, but I also don't have like white eyes. I have mm-hmm. like in between eyes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I've, I've always, I guess, thought about that. My short lashes. Mm. It's more not like insecure about them. I'm just annoyed by them. Mm. Like, why can't they be longer? Mm. But yeah, those are things I'm probably insecure about. As I'm getting older, I'm giving less fucks about how I look, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and it's great. It's it's freeing. I like being a stick because I can fit into things. Yeah. And not look weird with big boobs. I guess. Yeah, you fit. You look so great in all your <laughs> outfits. It's very, very. I'm just like I guess. Oh yeah, being tall. You big, like being tall. I, I still don't like being tall. You don't like being tall. Yeah, okay. I think that was like really hard for me growing up. But it also helped me to play golf. So I'm very thankful for that. But mm-hmm. it was very hard being 10 years old and being 10, 5'7". Yeah. And being so. 6 feet at 13. Yes. So yeah, those were very painful years, um, literally and figuratively. Um, but yeah, but did now... Did you have growth spurts? Like, did you feel your limbs growing? Yeah, I, w- I would grow like three, four inches in a year consistently. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember my ankles hurting. My knees not so as much. It was just like, it was just really awkward. I was mm. always really awkward. I think that's also what I'm insecure about is that I'm just an awkward individual. You know, sometimes I've, I feel like I'm a pretty awkward person too. Like I see people that are like cool, cool or like swag. really good at dancing. Yeah. Just, you know, just have swag. Or the way they walk. I'm yeah. like, man, that like, I, like if I, I watch myself walk in videos and I'm like, you look like a toad. You know, <laughs> I'm like, mah, mah, mah. and I'm like, God, move your hips or something. But I don't know. That's maybe how, maybe because I've just walked with a golf bag on my back forever. That's true. You know, you and I'm really like, move your hips. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I got to practice that a little more. Okay. So what's something that you like about yourself? Physically? Yes. I mean, I think we, I have long legs too. Yes. Long so, leg gang. Yeah. Long leg gang. I think I, I do look good in clothes. Yes, so, you do. You look very yeah. good in clothes. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm a, that you're stick. a stick. You're like a stick bug. <laughs> no, it's a good good body type. Uh, well, they're all good body types. I think that's the problem. It's like you you yeah. see what you know the media says like you're supposed to look like, and then and you don't just, look like that, and you're it's like, it's oh. so funny, right? Because I feel like for a while it was really voluptuous women, and you know, then I was like, oh, I really want a big butt, big boobs, and now I feel like unfortunately the skinny is back. Yeah. Like the anorexic look is back. Yeah. And I'm just like, why is this back? Why, A, why are low rise jeans back? Mm-hmm. And why is the anorexic look back? Yeah. Like th- these two things should never see the light of day. Never. Again. <laughs> Bury them forever. Yeah. Bury them. Okay. This is a good question. Somebody asked what our workout and practice regimens are, which I think would probably be different if you asked us both a couple of years ago versus now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my workout regimen is um, pretty much non-existent these days, which I really have to, you know, ramp up. I'm ramping it up, present tense, for the U.S. Open. Um, So I'm trying to work out. My goal is like three times a week, 
trying to practice five times a week, which is very different than when I was actually playing. But yeah, it's really mostly consists of chasing my toddler. I don't sit down anymore, I feel like. I mean, this is like a luxury. I don't like sit down. I'm just like running around. We have two large dogs, so just walking them, chasing them, and just cleaning the house, everything. I just feel like that's my workout. Yeah, that in itself is a lot of exercise. I mean, so I started working with a trainer now uh, for the last couple, like three months, and it's been, it's been really great, but something that I've had to like work on and we've, I've worked on this with her. It's like, you know, sometimes when I'm at home and I don't have as much going on as, as you have going on at home, but like, yes, I can get a, a full hour workout in cardio, et cetera. But when I'm on the road and I'm up at 5 a.m. and I don't get back to the hotel until, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, like it's not to work out would be pointless because then I'm going to feel like shit and I'm probably going to get sick. So... And then, you know, it, you, but then you also look at like how many steps I've walked, like in itself, that whole day was a workout, kind of like for you running around and chasing the dogs and chasing yeah. Kenna is a workout. So I think for me, it's been f- figuring out, you know, when I was playing golf, it was a lot more like my schedule is a lot more predictable. And so now it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, like next week's going to be like a light week. And then I'm like, oh no, it's actually crazy. It's super crazy. So it's figuring out. You know, when I can work out, I do feel so much better when I work out. Like, I really yeah. do. For something with anxiety, like, just a, a release of endorphins and just stress, and, and it's great. But at the same time, like, I, I try to balance that with, like, also trying to get sleep. Because if I'm working out, but I'm only sleeping five, six hours, like, I just, when I, when I wear myself down, I get really sick. That's always what happens when, I think, most people, when they burn the candle at both ends. So I'm trying to find a balance of, like, working out and sleep and also realizing that sometimes my actual work is a lot of physical activity too if you're running around a golf course so just trying to figure out those kind of things yeah I mean I think just kind of gauge it um yeah for me like I just never want to get to a point like you said like run down and get sick because then like that's like the worst case scenario for me yeah so yeah I just I just need to do a better job of letting others help I think that's what I don't do well on. I just like try to do everything by myself, like, you know, mm-hmm. do all the laundry by myself, clean the house by myself. I mean, we have help, thankfully, you know, with our nanny. Um, but yeah, it's just hard to, I have a hard time delegating. Delegating, man. I know it's, it's, it's tough because I think that's something that I've had to uh, work on too. It's like when you have a team and then sometimes if they don't do it the way, and that's something that I had to work on, if they don't do it the way that, or they didn't do it the way that I would have done it, then I immediately saw it as like doing it wrong. And that's not necessarily the case. They didn't do it wrong. They just did it the way that they would do it. And sometimes that way is is fine, just fine. (laughs) So you have to figure out like what things are important enough for you to, you know, to do yourself and other things that you can be like, listen, okay, it might not be quite the way I would have done it, but it's not worth my time and energy. And I need to let someone else do this so I can protect my time and energy. But that's really hard, especially like when you're so used to being in control of everything for sure. sure. Next one. What are your biggest on course pet peeves? Slow play. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I'm not slow anymore. And that I would say, I would also say mine's slow play. And mine is also people that are not like near good enough to get mad 
getting mad. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, or they miss a putt or they hit a shot and they're like, oh, my God. Like, unbelievable. And they make, like, a huge deal of it. And you're like, sir, you are a 20 handicap. Like, that's what I, like, don't understand. Like, I feel like coming from someone who played as a professional, like, when I watch people just go out there to have fun and they're miserable all day, I'm like, why? Why? I don't understand. I know. Like, why? <laughs> I know. I, what are you doing out here? Why? Again, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, that's, yeah, I, I don't get it. I think it's the whole point. You literally, you, you paid money to be out yeah. here. Again, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Advice for a new dad wanting to get his daughter into the game. You know, I get asked this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Every parent, every dad is like, I want my daughter to be like golf, be good at golf. How do I do that? And honestly, it's, you can't want it too much. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you have to just let them find it. I think the main thing for me, the reason why I played, started playing golf was I wanted to be with my parents and, you know, be with them, make it a family thing. I think once they become, you know, once parents stop playing themselves and focus on the kid, I think that's when it becomes like too serious and like a lot of pressure, but making it a family thing, right? Like, oh, like go out on Sundays and, you know, that's your time with your grandfather or your grandmother or your dad or your mom. Like, you know, that's like a daddy daughter date. I think then it becomes something special and it becomes... Um, you invoke something that's so beautiful about the game, which is connections and family time, um, because that's really the one sport that you can really play with, you know, older generations. I mean, obviously you can maybe play tennis to some degree or pickleball or baseball to some degree, but, you know, there's really nothing like golf where you're standing side by side and being able to spend the whole day with them. So I would say really try to use family time as a way. I like that. I love that. Another tip that, and this might be for like as kids get older and they do start taking an interest in it, uh, one of my colleagues at Golf Digest, Sam Weinman, talked about like going to play a couple holes with your kids and then leaving before they want to leave. Mm. And so they're always like, wait, no, one more hole. And you're like, sorry, we got to go to dinner. We got, you know, mom's got dinner. Like we got to go back, do your homework, whatever. So they're always like, oh, no, like I want to play more. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. But I think it just all goes back to keeping it fun. Wait, so (laughs) back to that, though. Actually, putting that in play, what, they're just going to walk from hole 17 back to the clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you can't play the 18th hole. Okay. <laughs> We're going to leave on the 15th hole, the furthest part from the clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know the logistics side of it. <laughs> Maybe they were hopping around. I don't know the routing of their course, okay? <laughs> Maybe the hole ends near the clubhouse. Maybe it's a looping situation. I don't know. Okay. But I think the whole point is what? Let <laughs> Make your kid leave before they want to leave. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this was interesting. I don't know what this... I Okay. Any tips on bringing younger members into our golf group? And the this woman's profile this was a woman and so i i don't know if this is like a maybe it's like a women's league or a you know that play tips for bringing younger women into your golf group i think it's just make it fun just make it fun like i maybe be I, I don't know if, if, if you have any younger friends that maybe you're courting and maybe it's like sitting down with them and asking like, okay, what are your hesitations? Like, why don't you want to 
join yeah. or is it and and maybe addressing those head on like is it because it's like maybe they were like well when I like to when I play golf I like to play music on the course and maybe that's something that you have to be open to or maybe they like to drink on the golf course or maybe you know maybe it's a, it's a format issue or it's a, a competition issue like I would just maybe sit down with some of these younger members that you're looking to get involved and speak to them directly and be like what are your hesitations what are you looking for in a group and then how can we sort of shift to to welcome these these people yeah i think also um if they have daughters or sons um to kind of get them involved that's a good idea um i think that would be a easy yeah way. because sometimes too i was talking about this the other day like in maybe these younger women i don't know how, how old this woman is but let's say she maybe she's retired and she's trying to get like working moms well where are these where are these moms going to put their kids during this time you know, so maybe that's something to look into. Like, what is there a simultaneously? Can you have a kids program running at the same time to, you know, have some sort of child care component to it? Yeah. And also just free snacks, I think, is a great, snacks. <laughs> is a great selling point. You know, so maybe <laughs> some charcut boards after a little wine and nine. Oh, I love when that Do you ever wine think about nine. that. Like if you I, I, are you whining and nining? I know you play like you played in, in your like your clubs, uh, member guests and stuff. But are they just like looking at you, being like, "Are you out? How far are you out driving them by?" I play from the women's tees when I play with my mother. Excuse me, it's not the women's tees. It's the oh, red sorry, the red tees, the fours, the fours. Thank sorry, you. the forward tees, um, the forward tees. Sorry, not the you women's play. Tees. For, are you hitting? <laughs> I'm driving the green. <laughs> but I have to say, some of the holes are a lot tougher. Because if you, you know, hit drivers, it's, you know, you're hitting in a really narrow spot. So it's fun. Okay. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I play with my mother-in-law and the member guest and we play from the forward tees. And you won. And we won. How many shots did you win by? Um, Not, I mean, not that much because the second time we didn't win because there was a a mother-daughter combo. The mother used to play on the tour. Oh, wow. And the daughter is 16 and she's going to be, she's going to be a star. She has an amazing swing and everything. So yeah, they beat us the second time. Okay. So yeah, we're not, you know, they're just okay. Cash and checks. Yeah. <laughs> little pro shop cred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love that. Okay. How ooh, this is a good question. How do you fight the back nine mental fatigue? Again, snacks. Snacks. When in doubt, snacks. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really just making sure you're not dehydrated. Um, making sure that you have the proper fuel and just yeah, I think just kind of not wearing yourself out. I always seem to dip around 14, 15. It's like where I'm like, okay, <laughs> time to, and I got to do some jumping jacks or something. But I think, yeah, like you said, fuel, uh, making sure you're drinking and eating the right things is, is really good. Yeah. And then also just staying like engaged in what you're trying to do, like staying present. Maybe you give yourself a point for a fairway, a point for a green and, and make sure that your brain doesn't go out to lunch and just trying to stay really, really present. And granted, you've been on the course for a couple hours. So maybe also look at what you've been doing that entire time. Like if you've been trying to stay focused for the last three hours, we always talk about in golf, how it's really important to check out in between shots. So make sure that for that whole time up to that point that you're also using your energy uh, wisely and making sure that you, you know, in between shots, you're looking at the birds or talking to your playing partners and not just like trying to focus super hard on golf because that'll burn you out too. Next question. What would you say the key is to improve putting snacks? I'm kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> just trying to drop. I was trying to say where I was like, where are you going with yeah. this? <laughs> I don't think this. I don't think snacks is the answer for this one, Michelle. <laughs> What'd you say? I would say I think for amateur golfers. The yeah, thing, what's the biggest problem that you normally see with putting? So I think it's threefold. I don't think threefold. It's, yeah, is that a word? Threefold. I don't know. I've heard twofold, but threefold. Sure. Threefold. Threefold. Okay. Um, okay. So it's one most importantly starting the ball in line, mm. two speed, and three learning to read greens. Mm. So with putting, you have to have all three. You can't make putts if one of the three isn't working. Right. And I think I just, when I see amateur golfers, they on the green, um, when they just get there, just like trying to get the speed right, right? Trying to feel the speed for the greens. But, you know, just to really incorporate just one little drill, like a T drill, something really simple to make sure that you're starting the ball in line. And also when you're out there, um, you know, every time, whether it's practice, whether you're playing, just to really focus on trying to read the greens right. Or if you're having a caddy that reads the greens for you, not to just go on autopilot, but to like learn, right? But like, oh, was this how I was going to read the greens? If it was different, okay, what, what are they saying that I'm not saying? And just using caddies as a learning That's opportunity, really learning to like really read the greens when you're practicing as well. Okay. Great answer. I don't even need to answer that question myself. I think you covered it. Funniest interview of season two. I was laughing pretty hard at JR. Yeah, JR was really funny. Who else was good? I enjoyed having my dad on. I thought that was yeah, really your fun. Yeah, dad was really great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, JR was, was good. Talking about the bibliographies. <laughs> and the, when he said he switched from a Bentley, and then I was like, what do you drive now? And he said, Lamborghini. But then he had a countryman, Mini Cooper. Yeah, he said it was very spacious. <laughs> I enjoyed that for sure. Favorite birdie juice beverage, which I guess just means like favorite beverage for the golf course. Um, if I'm having fun, um, tequila, orange juice. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm a transfusion gal. Mm. Mm. Not a no, not a, not a transfusion it's, gal. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you about the time? So my dad doesn't really drink alcohol. I don't think we talked about this in the episode, but he doesn't really drink alcohol, but he loves ginger ale. And he, I don't know where the miscommunication was, but he saw transfusion on the menu and did not realize that it, I mean, that it had alcohol in it and he ordered one <laughs> and then he drank it and he was like, oh, this is disgusting. And he was like, and the guy was like, I don't know what to tell you, sir. Like it's a chance. He didn't realize there was vodka in it. He was just like, ooh, ginger ale. <laughs> Um, but then he goes home now and then and then he tells me that at home he then starts he's like do you want a transfusion and he makes ginger ale and grape juice and i'm like dad that is not a transfusion it needs vodka and he's like transfusion transfusion i'm like it's not a transfusion if there's no alcohol what is in a transfusion it's grape juice ginger ale is it Sprite? Hold on, let me check. I think it's Sprite. I don't think it's ginger ale, right? It's 100% ginger ale. It is? Hold on. I guess I don't know what's in it. I always thought it was Sprite grape juice. Okay, yeah. No, it's vodka, ginger ale, Concord grape juice, and lime juice. Some prefer using Sprite, so huh. you can use Sprite. But yeah, so my dad is like at home th- being like, anybody want a transfusion? <laughs> I'm like, dad, it's not a transfusion if there's no alcohol in it. <laughs> I used to love getting uh, my dad drunk at tournaments. So 
when I won my first tournament in 2009, he came with me to Mexico. And um, in the Pro-Am, they had all these little tequila tasting stations, and which was great. And he drank at all of them. Oh, my God. I think he had like six, probably, tequila shots during the Pro-Am. And I won that day. Oh, and I also made him chug a beer. And he and I won that week. So I told him that he needs to chug a beer on the Pro-Am day every four of me to win. <laughs> oh, my God. Did he do that? So the next, uh, he did it a couple of times, but the one I remember, he did it in Hawaii when I won. <laughs> there was because you know there's hit or miss, and whether it was beer on the course or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like Kona Brewing Company. I was like, you gotta chug this. I was like, you gotta chug it so I can win. Like chugged it, and I won. I was like, see? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Okay, we've got a couple more here. Advice for a college golfer coming back from a wrist injury. Man, wrist injuries are tough. I've had a lot of them. Um, I would just say take your time, do your rehab, look at your swing, kind of see what you're doing because that could be attributing. It depends on what kind of wrist injury it is, but your dad really helped me with my wrist injuries. He put a bigger grip in, which was great for my arthritis and kind of changed up my grip. There are some things that you can change in your grip and your swing that will really help alleviate the wrist pain. Again, it depends if it's a long-term ongoing issue like a tendonitis or an arthritis there are things that you can do in your swing that will help not hitting off of mats is really important if you do only have a range that has mats hit off the tees really limit the golf balls that you hit and mostly just practice on the golf course and if it is a injury that you got from falling um, broke your bones just really listen to the doctors and take your time Okay, great advice. The best shot that you've ever hit? Best shot I've ever hit? Probably my first Solheim. I was playing against Helen Alfredson, and she is a complete beast in Solheim Cups. Like, absolute legend, absolute icon and um, for the European team. And as a rookie, I got paired against her in singles, and I was just terrified, shitting my pants. The first hole, I think she chipped in for birdie or something like that, and she won the first hole, and I'm like, okay. Second hole, um, it's a reachable par five, and she's I hit it further than her, so she hit first, hit like a two iron to like four feet. And I'm like, great. <laughs> this is how today is going to go. <laughs> and I just I just knew I had to giddy up, and I hit a five iron um, to three feet. And I was literally shaking. So, yeah, that was probably the best shot I've had. That's awesome. That's really cool. We both made the putt. And I was like, great. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm still one down. <laughs> Uh, I'd say mine is probably when I, in the final round of the Southern Amateur, I was, uh, the final round of the final, it was a match play, 36 holes, me against this other girl, Laura Wern, who I believe is on the semester, I think she got to LPGA, but she was, I don't know, like three up through six or something or seven. And I ended up like rallying and on the 18th hole, I, I think I was two up through 18. I got it back. And on the eight, on the 18th hole before we took a lunch break, before we went to the, to the 19th hole, I hit my tee shot like behind a tree. And because it was match play, you know, it's like, whatever, if I, I'm just going to, she's in the fairway, might as well just like give it a go. And I hit this huge draw around the tree over water to like four feet. <laughs> And I was like, woo. <laughs> I was like, that was so fun. I would never have done that if it wasn't match play. 
<laughs> would have just punched out and had some nice hundred yards in. But uh, no, that was like a really fun. I was like, wow, that was cool. <laughs> and actually, funny thing about that tournament too, my parents, they, you know, I didn't know if I was going to, how that last day was going to turn out. Uh, but my parents flew, like they had a, a friend that like had a private plane and let him borrow it so they could fly up to Alabama to watch me play. And they flew into the wrong airport. <laughs> And so they were meant to be there by like the end of my, the first 18. And then, you know, they're not there anywhere. And then, you know, they get there by like the middle of the third nine. And I was like, where have you guys been? And they're like, we flew to the wrong town. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty funny. I can see your parents doing that too. Yeah, it was good. But that leads us kind of into our next uh, question and our final question. Happiest moment on a golf course. So I would say that kind of piggybacked off that for me. It was probably when I won that tournament. It was just so fun to have my family there. And I think that was when I was probably playing like my best golf ever. It was just like I, I was in like a really good place mentally. And I – had kind of found that balance that we mentioned earlier of like care enough not to care where I really cared about golf, but it wasn't like my be all and end all. And it was just really cool to have my family there. But what about you? Happiest um, moment? I mean, definitely. I think walking down 18 at Pinehurst, um, when I knew I'd won, I, uh, left myself like a 12 foot birdie putt and I had a two shot lead and just walking down, seeing the crowds. But that week was especially, especially special. Mm hmm. Is that, yeah, that, sure. That you can say weird. that. It was very special for me because my friends from Hawaii were there randomly. They're in a band and they were performing probably like three hours away. And that morning, like three huge tour buses, Iration, uh, The Green. And anyway, there were three bands, all good friends of mine. And I remember, it, you just picture this, the Carolina Pinehurst, like prestigious golf place, very traditional and just three big tour buses from Hawaii just comes in <laughs> doors open. I mean, I can imagine what the tour bus probably smelled like. And just like, <laughs> and they just came in full Aloha shirts, big Aww. shaka foam hands. And I mean, everyone at the Carolina must have been, and they all parked in front of the Carolina. They all got <laughs> off there and everyone's like, what is going on? My friend Daniel day Kim was also there. Um, my friend, um, Nicole, my really good friend flew in that day, called her. She was there for my, first and second win and I was like you need to fly I was like you need to fly over here right now because I need you to come and she dropped everything came over and then my parents were there and just walking down 18 just seeing everyone especially what happened on 16 just kind of seeing everyone's like face was just amazing that's so cool that's awesome I I was actually I remember, I'm pretty sure when you won that tournament I was I remember where I was. I was playing a practice round for like the Western Amateur. And I remember walking up the hole and constantly refreshing my oh. phone. <laughs> it was so cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for sending in your questions. Thanks for listening to all of season two. We we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Michelle, any last words for uh, for our listeners? No, I mean, I we had fun filming this season and I hope you guys have fun listening to it. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>